Hi, my name is Winifred Mock, and this is Wynn's Literary Corner. We are at episode seven, and uh, for now, this is going to be the last one. Last time we talked about analyzing an unseen text, but the approach for nonfiction texts is slightly different because you need to be able to look more at the language in terms of what's the purpose and who's the audience and how does the context affect this. I feel that this is really important. Uh, I'm going to bring TOK into this, theory of knowledge, which is something IB students have to do. It's quite philosophical. How is language used to, for example, persuade us or inform us? If you can identify what they're trying to do, then you can be aware of it and not actually be sucked in by it. And I'm talking about real world stuff now, not just uh, language analysis. Because a writer is almost like a magician because their choice of words if you work in PR or if you work in advertising or even if you work in journalism, as long as you have an audience that you're speaking to, you need to be able to use language in such a way that creates an effect and alters the reader's way of perceiving the world. So one thing that is highly criticized these days is the media because the media can be sensationalized. You often have a headline that focuses on a very minor point of the actual news article, but it's the most interesting point, and therefore they try to grab your attention. It becomes clickbait, because the thing is in art and now media is that the bigger your audience, the bigger the commodity, because there's always money involved when there is an audience. As an artist, of course, you want to get your work out to as many people as possible, not for the money, but because you just want to share your message or your story. But in terms of media and websites, because websites have ad uh, advertisements on them as well, and they get revenue by how many people visit it or how many people read it. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but not everything you read is true. Just because someone says it doesn't make it true. And this is going into TOK territory where we need to say, okay, let's examine our values and how we actually understand certain words. Just because this guy is on the news and he's an expert, now I'm not saying that he's not an expert, he's named as an expert because of certain things such as he has a degree in it or he has years of experience in this area. But at the same time, does that mean that he is the be-all, end-all of that subject? No. There is still a personal perspective. There is going to be some kind of bias, whether that's good or bad. It depends on the situation. But we view the world through our own eyes, and everything that we understand will have our own personal bias. Uh, depending on our background, our history, our memory, what influences us the key thing, I think, is that you need to be aware, especially when you have an argument with someone, that you avoid confirmation bias. In this age of so much information that's so readily at our fingertips, also means that everything we research needs an extra critical eye. Now, 
I actually talk about this with Danny, aka Rebel Zen, and Pete, aka the Unicorn Slayer, in uh, an episode of Project FIA Gets Tubed. It's a YouTube video, which is like something we did as a pre-podcast on the topic of history. So if you want to check it out, it's the third YouTube video. If you just search for the channel Project FIA Gets Tubed, is the third video title history and our conversation continues into podcast number 20 on project FIA goes PC. I don't go too deep into TOK language in terms of ways of knowing and areas of knowing, but you'll see what I mean in terms of let's take everything with a grain of salt. It's not that you shouldn't believe what people say, but you need to cross reference or understand, okay, if this piece of research was actually funded by a pro-something company, then obviously there might be some kind of bias there. It's just about questioning. It's not about saying, oh, just because we can't know anything, therefore we, you know, what's the point? That's a very negative way of taking philosophy, but it's more like, okay, nothing is black and white. Our understanding of the world cannot be complete in that sense. The more we understand about the world, the more we also understand how little we know about the world. There's always new discoveries or things are overturned, or there's always a different approach or a different perspective to the same issue. Context and how our age defines us. I mean, I talked about context in episode one as well as um, episode five in terms of plays, like a play that was staged, say, 20 years ago. If it's staged now, does it have a different relevance with their universal themes? Maybe it has a resonance in a different way. So just going back to the nonfiction element when you read a text, don't take it for granted. Say, why is this writer choosing this way or this tone or this voice to tell this message? Just ask that question and you might find something different. So just to wrap up, uh, this particular episode isn't really focused on anything specific in terms of language, but it's just examining the idea that actually language and everything in life is arbitrary. Words evolve over time um, and nothing is really absolute. Something that's meaningful and controversial today might not be tomorrow. Just to finish off, I want to uh, give a shout out and thank Danny for providing the music for my podcast. It is actually a jazz track he composed for a film that's on Amazon called Kin Fallen Star. Check it out if you have Amazon. And thank you to you, all my listeners, because without you guys, this podcast would be meaningless. If you want to reach out, you can. My Twitter handle is Joe Optimistic with a K instead of a C. Again, thank you for tuning into this podcast, Wins Literary Corner. My name is Winifred Mock, and happy reading. <laughs>